Hi, everyone. Welcome to One World, stories that change our world for the better. And this is so true of our next guests, all from Reform and Sustain. And today we have five young environmental activists, which are all about educating and connecting young people with the ways to take action on environmental issues in Southern California and beyond. Reform and Sustain came together because they had a mission to reinforce the notion that the voice of younger generation is incredibly valuable and beneficial to the progress of this movement. Their platforms online and on social media serve as a resource hub, and they're a constant reminder that they're just infinite ways to get involved locally. So if you're a budding environmentalist who is looking for ways to become an active participant in taking care of our planet, they want to help you get started. And you can find out more about Reform and Sustain at reformandsustain.org. First, let me introduce a longtime friend, Ari Jong Levenger, and she is the co-founder of Reform and Sustain. Um, she is also a grad student at UC Irvine in environmental engineering, and she studies the effect of wildfires on floods in Southern California. She was inspired to take action after seeing Inconvenient Truth in high school, and Ari realized that climate change was one of the most pressing issues that the world faces today. Ari, can you tell us a little bit about your climate journey and your environmental journey and why you got involved in some of the things that you do? Yeah, thanks so much, Tristan, for having us. And um, I think it all started when I saw an inconvenient truth in high school. My biology teacher showed it to us and it really um, alerted me to how urgent the climate crisis is. And so um, I did my undergraduate degree in environmental science and policy at Chapman so that I could learn, you know, how can I address this in my own life, in my own career? Actually, it was in undergrad where I learned about carbon pricing, uh, carbon pricing, which is one kind of market-based climate policy solution to addressing climate change. And once I learned about that, I learned about this group called Citizens Climate Lobby. And Citizens Climate Lobby is all about um, regular people, you know, citizens who are meeting with their representatives and um, making a difference by advocating for a specific um, policy that can have a widespread effect, basically national level policy that affects um, climate change. And that's what, it, briefly, that's kind of what the carbon pricing is about. So Citizens Climate Lobby, I met so many great people, um, people who like me are concerned about climate change. And it feels really isolating sometimes when you're surrounded by friends who maybe they know about it, but they don't, you know, take action or it's, it, you really um, want to have those conversations. So Citizens Climate Lobby is where I learned um, about that and met people that I could take action with. And then I also um, am part of the Climate Reality Project, essentially like after seeing an inconvenient truth, after um, at towards the end of my undergraduate career, I learned about this training called the Climate Reality, yeah, leadership core training, and that's where you can learn how to be a climate leader in your own community and network. I took that three day training in 2017, and it really, it honestly, like it sounds corny, but it changed my life because it introduced me to the idea that as just a 
again, like a normal citizen, I had all these people that I could reach out to and let them know about the climate science that I learned, let them know about the compelling reasons why we need to act and also the solutions that already exist. We just need to create the political will to, to enact them. And so I would say those two organizations, Citizens Climate Lobby, CCL, and the uh, Climate Reality Project really inspired me to act. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that you don't need any experience. Isn't that what you found? You don't need to be studying this. You don't have to have any background. You just have to care. That's exactly right. I mean, I was studying environmental science, but if you do the free training, you don't need to be a scientist at all. Absolutely. And I mean, I agree. You also meet fantastic people along the way. So tell me how you um, came together to found Reform and Sustain. So Jordan, Tula, and I were all part of a Citizens Climate Lobby chapter, the North Orange County, Southeast LA chapter. And Dennis Arp, who is the chapter leader, kind of reached out and connected us. And we had, I think each of us separately had said, hey, it'd be great if we could meet other young people who are working on this. Um, actually, up till now, I've been kind of like we're doing climate activism a little bit since 2017. And up until this last like year or two, I haven't seen that many people like under 30 or under 40 in the meetings. And I was like super excited when Dennis told me that Jordan and Tula were interested. So we came together over Zoom because this was in, I think, February 2020. So, or sorry, February 2021. So we came together over Zoom and Jordan and Tula can say more about this, but we just came up with all sorts of cool ideas about how to outreach to youth and form our own group. Yeah, tell me, um, Jordan, it's so great to be working with you and getting to know you as well. Um, you're a freshman at UC Santa Cruz studying politics and you're interested in climate governance and public policy, which is very cool and a, a founding member of Reform and Sustain. Tell me uh, you know, why you think the youth voice is so important this, at, at this time in the kind of climate movement to really see real change. Yeah, sure. Um, as a young person, I think it's really easy to feel like you can't make those changes um, and it's hard to maybe have a say in, these huge issues, um, especially if you can't vote yet. But I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Um, I think Greta Thunberg is a great example. Leah Thomas is another great example. There's a lot of young activists out there that are making change. And it's really important right now for young people to rise up and make change because we are at a turning point. This is a really huge deal, climate change. It's, it's either we're either going to make the solutions or we're not. And it's really affecting our generation, specifically the younger generations, because we're the ones that are going to have to deal with the consequences. So that's why I think it's super important that we're taking action, especially yeah, yeah. younger people. Absolutely. Um, Tula Larson is a high school student that's been involved in climate activism since October of 2020 and also is a co-founder of Reform and Sustain. And uh, it was really cool to hear your story that you were in high school and you were taking an environmental science course. And in that course, you realized kind of the importance of and the urgency of um, taking action and getting more involved in environmental policy. Um, so tell me a little bit about that and why the youth voice is so important. Yeah, so I can talk a bit about the youth voice. I think that the youth voice is so important to demand immediate climate action just because our older generations are the ones 
with the higher pollution rates generally. And it's just so unfair that they are handing that burden to our youth. And it's not something to be like anxious or angry about. And that's what I've learned because through that experience, like in my opinion, it's only been harmful to my own mental health. But I also think like it's so incredibly important to not sit silent forever about this issue because this is an issue that our generation as youth and the future generations of younger children, this is something that no one deserves. And I feel like climate action affects everyone equally in the end, but just because the youth is the age group that will be the most affected um, doesn't mean that we can't demand justice for our futures and our other generations. So to me, um, making climate strikes and just doing the little actions can be so helpful to get your voice heard, especially by other adults. And that to me is why I think you need to demand climate action. You know, that is really an important point. And there's so many ways that you can take climate action. I mean, I just saw that you went to your high school and you were part of a fantastic event um, that where, you know, students got to meet all the cool clubs and cool ways to get involved. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I'm a student at Orange County School of the Arts. Currently, I'm a junior and with another freshman named Sky Young in or at Orange County School of the Arts, we work together to um, join their Ignite initiative, which is essentially a volunteer initiative where students come together with their outside organizations and educate others on why their organization is important and why they should join. So we decided to table for um, the Climate Reality Project as an organization, but just introduce the idea of the climate crisis to many OSHA students in general. And I think tabling, from my experience, has been one of the most important things that you can do because it introduces people that are not necessarily looking for opportunities, but they just happen to be walking by in the public and introduces them to the idea of a new topic mattering and it can get them involved. And so that tabling experience at OSHA was an amazing experience just because we got to introduce the climate crisis to different OSHA students who haven't really heard about it in the past. Yeah, in a long time. And it was interesting, you know, I presented at the Orange County School of the Arts in the environmental science class. I presented the Inconvenient Truth presentation. And back then, a couple of years ago, when I asked if any, who knew Greta, I mean, I'm telling you only, you know, uh, out of 30 kids, like five, six hands went up. So you think that you're connecting with the youth. That's why reform and sustain is so important is because you meet people where they're at. You know, whatever they're inter interested in or doing or whatever, you know, reform and sustain is about education, you know, getting that message and that story out. Um, Jacqueline, I really want to get to you now because you have a really fantastic story of, you know, being involved in you know, climate action for over 10 years. Um, you're very passionate about, you know, taking action and volunteering where you can, learning and doing composting, conserving water, reducing plastics and refusing plastics, which is a huge thing, cleaning up litter when you're outdoors, buying used over new, you know, vintage, gently used, all that, and supporting your local small businesses. I mean, those are things that are incredibly important. Um, and you also host something called Eco Talks um, that is all about inspiring and educating others that small changes can make a big difference. Um, so we've got to get those, our two shows together for sure. Um, so tell it, introduce us to you and where you're from and, uh, 
and more about you know being involved in reform and sustain. Thanks so much, Tristan. So yeah, how I got started was uh, my journey began with inspiration from my parents. Um, I grew up with my parents composting, and you know they were um, really into water conservation. For me. I didn't really understand in my teenage years why they were doing the things that they were doing until I started um, getting older and um, you know just being more questioning them like what is composting why are you doing this you know learning about the drought that we were in a few years ago and still are in a drought um, and why that is important and how the differences that my parents were doing were huge um, so that got me curious in me finding out more about how I could, you know, make changes in my lifestyle to be more conscious of what I'm purchasing, um, who I'm supporting. That's how my journey got started in environmentalism. I was volunteering. Um, I that I went to a green summit that was held in Long Beach, and as an introverted person, it was it took a lot for me to connect. But once I, you know, I did make that huge step. That's where my journey really. Bloomed. I was able to learn about, you know, local um, groups that were actually getting together and talking about things that I thought I was alone on um, when I was a teenager. And that was really inspirational to me, you know, to learn more and more, contribute with others. Um, how I came, uh, joined Performance Sustain was, um, again, being an introverted person, I was more of like making changes within my own home. But I found out about the climate strike that was held last year. And that was the first thing that I've done, um, you know, where I went by myself with my sign, um, marching, you know, and putting putting pressure on state, local governments, which is something that I've never done before. Um, and that's how I found Reform and Sustain. And yeah, it's, it's the best part about this is just collaborating with others and knowing that you're not alone in this journey. And there are people out there that are, making these actions to, you know, make the differences that we want to see in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us more about Eco Talks and how you came to put that together. Yeah, so that started actually um, with COVID. Um, we, we weren't socializing as much. So for me, it was fun to have um, uh, host these talks on, um, especially Earth Month, my favorite holiday, Earth Day. Um, and every week that we were covering on, okay, well, what, what are we talking about? Reducing plastic, check. Um, you know, cutting meat out. Um, little things like that where you can, it was like more like challenging people. Um, it was awesome, like inviting other like-minded people to come in and, you know, whether you're participating, whether you're there to, you know, learn. Um, that was my goal was, you know, to connect with others and just talk about it because how are we going to see these differences if we don't talk about it? You know, and also our differences, I think, are what's so inspiring about this movement is that you just see people from every kind of background and we're all learning from each other and we're all, you know, building our skills at the same time. You think we're giving back, but the interesting thing about some of this work is you gain incredible skills from having put on, you know, a variety of different events. Um, and I want to ask Ari, you know, just like a few highlights um, about some of the cool events that you've done with all ages. I mean, even young, young kids. Yeah. So speaking of kids, we can start with um, the recent trip that some of our members took to a, an elementary school uh, in Fullerton where they educated Girl Scout, a Girl Scout troop 
on composting and how to recycle. And um, so education of Girl Scout troops, super fun. We do fun events like um, there was an event called the Mother Earth Market in Anaheim where there were over 25 different vendors of sustainable products. And then we were there tabling as a form and sustain with uh, an interactive activity to create seed bombs, which are little uh, basically paper mache balls filled with seeds. And the kids, it was really fun for the kids to make those by hand. Um, we Another kind of highlight of uh, events is Jacqueline mentioned the strikes. And so every now and again, we'll help organize uh, climate strikes. Um, we have sign making days where you can come out, we provide supplies, you make your signs so you have a message for the strike. And then uh, with Fridays for Future Orange, um, we organize a strike and actually we have one coming up March 25th. We have two strikes coming up on March 25th, one at 10 a.m. Uh, at Orange, Orange City Hall and one at 4.30 p.m. in Anaheim. So all of these things are events that uh, if you're not voting age yet, you can still participate. Yeah, I mean, it's great to see that you've got such a range of members. I mean, right here with the five of you, you range from 16 to 28. Um, and so that's fantastic. Um, now, Deep, I cannot wait to talk to you because um, you are a digital organizer. Um, and from looking at your bio, I mean, you're doing everything from online training, workshops, um, and it's just incredible. Um, so, and you also have a real special interest of wanting to um, focus on, you know, online Asian spaces as well. Can you talk a little bit about that, Deep? Yeah, I uh, basically started uh, with environmental like advocacy at a very basic level. We were doing river cleanups in our high school, and there was a student-oriented or student org. Uh, I forgot the name of the organization that was helping with that. Our AP bio teacher who I uh, had later my senior year was coordinating. And what was fundamentally different in terms of his classroom learning was that he was opening up different ways of learning about the environment and environmental biology. Uh, like he, for example, was trying to make a point about in the future, if we do need uh, plants that would make a new fuel because we have uh, um, running out of uh, gas right now, we would have to have C4 or CAM plants. And he actually grew them behind the school and he, he showed us a plot for that. And then when college was happening and I was learning about how to do workshops and trainings uh, for a lot of higher ed advocacy and policy changes, um, I realized there was a lot of integration between that. So um, once I joined Reform and Sustain um, and been a part of some of these online Asian groups like South Asian activists, um, I had the opportunity to basically network and talk to a lot of other folks who wanted to talk about on a cultural level, what does that look like um, among cultures across the world? Um, because a lot of the time we talk about um, environmental change in a very kind of like scientific um, uh, understanding, like, okay, this is the science of climate change and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you think about how people change their minds about something, you have to touch them culturally, not just scientifically. Uh, and that's why I got more into um, Asian um, environmental justice uh, recently as well, because there's a lot of Asian populations here, especially working class, that would otherwise be amenable to climate change, but I don't think they're going to turn the page on that yet until we uh, build a bridge on a cultural level. So that's where I was kind of coming from for that. It's very powerful. And I think, you know, being able to meet people where they're at and for them to actually realize how it is impacting their lives on a day-to-day -day level, I think 
that they think it's this big, huge global, you know, climate change. It's this big kind of issue that they might not see exactly how it's impacting them. But I think now a lot of people are like, wow, the summers are much hotter or why am I having this freezing storm? And now, um, you know, I'm seeing these weather extremes and all these, you know, devastating hurricanes and so many tornadoes. And I think people are starting to see it, it impact their lives. And for me, uh, I had a wildfire race through my town and that's the one reason why I moved to Orange County. I was not living here before, but um, you know, our whole community was impacted from schools closing to thousands of homes burning. So it's quite you know, something that stays with you um, too. And I think that I would love to hear some of your stories of the ways that you think see accelerated climate change impacting your life. So for me, um, my specific climate story kind of began when my family took a trip to Alaska. We went on an Alaskan cruise um, and I, you know, I was really exposed to a lot of really beautiful, amazing nature and animals. And that was super exciting for me to see. Um, but along with that, I went to visit the glaciers. Um, and I will say it was very clear there was stark contrast between what I was seeing and what I had seen online and photos, um, what the glaciers had looked like just 50 or so years prior. And our tour guides kind of talked about it too. And that was the first time that I had really been introduced to it. That was before uh, summer before my freshman year of high school. Um, and so I got back from that trip and that I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> I started researching, trying to educate myself. Um, and I quickly became inspired to kind of become a part of the solution. Um, and so I joined um, the Ocean Club at my high school. I took AP Environmental Science, which I encourage anyone listening to take if they have that option. It's a really great course. Um, and I learned a lot from that. And I even <laughs> uh, earned the name within my high school. A lot of people called me like Greta <laughs> because of I was known for really trying to push people to, you know, um, make the little changes um, to do better um, in terms of helping the planet and kind of stuck with me. I co-founded Reform and Sustain and uh, I've been doing little things like that ever since. Absolutely. Does anybody else want to share a story or maybe how it impacted their health? Like, for example, my daughter has had long time allergies and they've just gotten more severe um, because the pollen count has gone up, you know, anywhere from 20 to 30 to 40 percent, depending on where you live. Um, anyone else want to share a story of how they're seeing this impacting them where they live or in their community? I mean, I can take a moment to share just like I think all of California can relate with the intense wildfires that we've seen and they're they seem to be increasing exponentially over time like we just had a crazy wildfire in Los Angeles I believe around there just like a couple weeks ago and we've had consistent wildfires from where I'm many hours away from them and I've seen the skies turn purple and gray with the smoke and it's just really sad to see it and you know I used to live in Minnesota too and um, for 11 years and I always just saw like how warm it was during the winters and back when I was a kid I didn't really understand but you know after I moved down to California and educated myself a bit more on the climate I realized like it's probably global warming that's making it to where I can't enjoy my winters anymore 
And so just growing up, like seeing my climate get affected and seeing how it affects the things that I want to do and just the place that I live in is really sad. And it really motivated me to think this is really unfair and feel the need to take action. Absolutely. Um, there are solutions, though. Um, there are some exciting, I guess, if you want to say wins, there's exciting progress um, that you guys are also part of. Um, and so I think it would be a great moment to kind of um, talk about those. Jacqueline, do you want to talk about some of the solutions or some of the ways that you see we can address um, the climate crisis? First one that came to my mind was the new bill that California just passed about composting. Um, so something that I learned about our, our food waste is that a third of the landfill is food waste, which, you know, we, we creates all these um, harmful gases that go into our environment. And now with the state of California passing the new bill, um, you know, it's going to create uh, for us and, and our, where we live and businesses to now compost, which can, it's, it's going to be huge. We're going to be cutting back on uh on uh, food waste and doing something good with it. And um, I think that is a huge step towards the right direction and it will be a challenge, you know, but, and then we gotta keep the, 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 the angle, uh, you know, um, and seeing how that one small change that we can do um, will be something great for not only us in our local where we live, but, you know, as a state in the whole, um, and then hopefully other states catch on to, to, to do something like this. Absolutely. Um, Deep, um, can you share a little bit more about some of the solutions that you are excited about or some of the projects that Reform and Sustain is working on? Yeah, um, actually, we had a kind of a mini internal workshop about two and a half weeks ago or three weeks ago. And we were actually talking about the future of um, Reform and Sustain in terms of now that we're expanding and getting more members, what opportunities do we want to highlight to the community externally and then to our members internally? And we were thinking of um, offering kind of like uh, trainings and workshops and then also kind of coordinating an annual calendar so that way we could be part of the community more. Um, and then we also want to work with like uh, young folks across the higher ed pipeline, uh, starting from high school all the way to grad school and uh, careers, uh, mostly because I feel like um, as many folks here have already mentioned, there's a lot of energy in schools. Uh, but how to channel that energy to opportunities, uh, that's kind of hard sometimes. So we want to work with student groups, student orgs, and then also local community events uh, to highlight some of the programming. An example would be, I think we had a compost uh, event earlier, uh, specifically with this gentleman in Irvine helping us understand about uh, worms and how they're, they make a huge difference when it comes to composting. Um, we wanted to do, but he, he always has volunteers on Sundays, uh, I think about two o'clock. And one wholesome thing we could do is like channel some of our uh, programming and social media to spaces like that. So people have a, a direct bridge for community events so that they can learn about environmental justice and um, education without having to do, do a whole like academic workshop. Because I think that's, again, when you have to meet people where they are, you just have to go out in the open, usually outdoors, and give them that's um, just happening outside. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And, you know, one of the things that's so important is to people to get outdoors, um, you know, those things of really enjoying our parks and our local communities and um, getting more involved locally to say, hey, we would like more parks in our community. And that's, it's easy to go to your city council website and sign up to get the updates 
and it, you get their email addresses um, for all your city council members and you can easily email them once a month and say, hey, I care about the environment. You know, I'm um, a resident here and I would like to see more action. When they hear from you, um, it makes a huge difference. I heard one council member told me that um, if they hear from eight people, it gets on their radar. So it's as little as that, that you start to um, move the needle towards, you know, action. Um, so Jordan, um, why do you think, or how do you think students can have their voices heard on a larger scale? So for me, um, most of my climate journey has been um, before I turned 18. And so I was, I was constantly looking for other ways to get my voice heard, even though I couldn't vote yet. Um, and for me that I ended up interning for a congressional campaign with someone that I knew was passionate about climate change. Um, I also working with Citizens Climate Lobby, which Ari mentioned before, have sat in on a few lobby meetings to lobby some council members in my area um, to endorse uh, carbon taxes, specifically the Energy Innovation and Carbon Dividend Act. Um, and if you're interested in that, I believe the number is HR 763. And that's in, on the floor of Congress right now. Um, and really, I think just education, educating yourself, making little everyday changes. I went vegetarian a few years ago. I try to only shop from sustainable brands and thrift stores, which is really trendy right now to shop at thrift stores anyway. So um, there you go. You're participating in a trend and you're also being better for the planet. Um, like Jacqueline mentioned, getting into composting, things like that. There's a lot of little everyday changes you can do if you're not comfortable with making big steps like volunteering for um, your congressional representatives or lobbying, but those are options as well. That's fantastic. Um, I think we need to look at the little things that we can do. One of the things that I did was absolutely eliminate palm oil from anything that I bought because it's directly linked to the burning down of the rainforest because then they do the palm oil plantations. And it's not, you know, it's not the greatest thing to have either. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's a smart choice um, and it's a better choice for our planet as well. Um, so Ari, um, I want to find out a little bit more about um, some of the local work that you're doing just in your city. You're very involved in your city and um, there's some cool programs that you're a part of. So please share that with us. Yes, I am literally part of the Cool Block program uh, funded by the city of Irvine. And this is something that I've kind of waited for for a long time. It's essentially um, a program that helps uh, households connect with their neighbors. And then as a group of five to eight neighbors, we look at things like how much water we're using, um, how much energy we're using. Are we prepared for a fire or um, other emergency? And uh, as a block, right, um, myself, my husband and my neighbors are now going through these conversations of, are we prepared? What do we need to know? What is our carbon footprint after all? And, are, and it really helps you identify um, the small steps you can take in your everyday life to, to make a difference. What's really cool about this program, I think, and again, it's funded from the city of Irvine. The city of Irvine got a million dollar grant and was one of three cities to get this um, great program started. So the reason why this program is so great is you can track the progress of your block because each action you take has an associated carbon dioxide footprint that you're saving. 
And so you can track the progress. And then the city tracks your, uh, the progress of 200 cool blocks across the city. So this is a perfect example of how small individual actions can add up to make a big impact. It's just really cool to see the local action. It's fantastic. And we've also had some wins um, here in Southern California in terms of renewable energy. And um, three of our cities have voted to make their default energy rate 100% renewable. And that has been a lot to do to a lot of your work um, and bringing the community together. And also the Cool Block program, a lot of that happened if you guys had not stepped up to volunteer. It had over 25 local groups that were part of getting the word out. And if that hadn't happened, the million dollar grant would have ha ha had not happened for Irvine. So it, it's, you know, those things happen because of everyday residents, you know, taking time to getting involved. Now, um, Tula, can you share a little bit about what it's like to be a Reform and Sustain member? How often do you meet? What kinds of things, what kind of things do you talk about? Yeah, so being a Reform and Sustain member, I've joined in around February of 2021, and it has been incredibly fulfilling, just feeling like I'm making a difference in my community. Um, we schedule all of these events. We meet usually every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m., and um, sometimes we meet more often, but all of the events and all of the meetings are extremely just like fun to go to, but also educational at the same time, just listening to people's different perspectives on how they grew up and where they grew up, since that can affect your opinions on like the environment and stuff. But it's just great to hear people's different perspectives because it builds a different perspective of your own. And being in Reform and Sustain and hearing all of those perspectives has been extremely educational for me, like just learning about how I can make a difference and use other people's voices to benefit my own. And just like the work on performances with different events and strikes and tabling and fair events, extremely fulfilling. And it's a great way to meet other people. Um, but yeah, I think my experience overall has been spectacular. Fantastic. And Jacqueline, how about you? Um, what are some of your hopes for reform and sustain and the things that you're going to be able to achieve and do? Um, I feel like they, uh, we are contributing more to various cities, which I think is amazing. Um, you know, it, I live in Costa Mesa and I get to, because of other members that are involved in uh, different cities, whether it's Fullerton or Irvine, I get to then contribute as well to those cities. And, you know, um, hopefully I uh, inspire as well my local government, my city and reach out to the councilman there to see those changes that Irvine's doing as an example, uh, or, uh, you know, to hopefully get my city to also sign on to that renewable energy. Um, and, you know, bringing people into the group, uh, the more people that we can get on board, the more changes that we can see in our cities. Absolutely. Um, Deep, how about you? What are some of your hopes um, that you guys will be able to achieve in this upcoming year? Um, like I mentioned before, we're trying to do more with the community. Um, I think one thing we're also trying to do is connect with other groups across the country. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, programming that's happening across the country with other student orgs and other uh, initiatives. So we're also thinking of seeing like, how do we coordinate ourselves as part of a larger picture? Just like how there's a, a women's march that was happening during the Trump administration um, during January. 
Um, there's also going to be a greater push for uh, climate change activism, um, I think so in the next few years, not just because we have a new administration now, but also because the existential threat of climate change is getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and a lot more people are starting to see the effects in New York with flooding, all over to California with its uh, weather changes. Um, so we're hoping for more national stuff, but also uh, with California legislature, we're also hoping for some um, policy changes uh, to be involved in there as well. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the sky is the limit. And the thing is that when you partner with other organizations, you can actually get a lot more done. And when you work with other cities, you realize, you know, clean air isn't just for Irvine, like clean air is for Costa Mesa and clean air is for Santa Ana, you know, that are the choices that happen in one city, you know, also resonate and ripple, have a ripple effect um, as well. And when one city successfully does this, you're able to show that to other cities and encourage them to kind of get on board with those kinds of things. Um, so just to kind of wrap up, um, Ari, Jordan, uh, would you like to share anything else that you, your hopes for reform and sustaining? Because you guys are off to a phenomenal start. Um, I think everyone so far has done a great job of explaining kind of what our goals are for the future. Um, I'd like to add that we're hoping to expand on social media as well so that we can reach a larger audience. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I think they're all either reform under and sustain or just reform and sustain if you guys want to follow us and um, keep up with us. Um, but I think so social media is a huge tool that we can also use to um, create outreach and um, kind of bridge these connections with people in different places. We have people following our TikTok account that aren't even from the United States. And, you know, because climate is a global issue, that's really important. I have people asking on the TikTok all the time. Um, what are some sustainable brands that I can shop at in Canada or in Europe? Um, and so I'm trying to, you know, address those questions too. Even though Reform and Sustain is based in Orange County and we do a lot of our work here, we also can make connections um, throughout the country and globally. Absolutely. And I love following you guys on Instagram, um, Reform and Sustain, because you're always highlighting the members. So I get to know you guys. And then you have cool videos that are quick to watch and you come away going, wow, I didn't know that that you know, was such an issue and so on and so forth. Um, so I really highly recommend that everybody, you know, please take a moment to follow them on all of them, but definitely um, check out their website because you also have a cool tool, Ari, right? Like if you don't know where, how you wanna be involved in the environment, move, environmental movement, you have a tool that helps us figure that out. That's right. So on our website, reformandsustain.org, uh, we have a quiz called the sorting, sorry, the environmental volunteer sorting hat quiz. It's kind of like a BuzzFeed style personality quiz where um, you take it and it will tell you what volunteer organizations are probably a great fit for you. And uh, it's a really fun thing that we put together. We're adding more organizations to it all the time. And really the, the final vision I have for Reform and Sustain and like the message I wanna send is, you know, if you are passionate about the environment, if you care about helping our planet, um, there is a spot for you in Reform and Sustain. We do sustainable living, we do um, advocacy meeting with our representatives, we do just fun things like um, getting brunch and having <laughs> cookouts, <laughs> you know? So, 
there's a spot for you. And especially if you don't know where to start, come and talk to us because we have members who have all sorts of experience and perspectives for you to learn from. So thanks. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, I've been to several of your meetings and they're so well organized. They're so fun. Everybody gets to contribute something. You have a focus. You're having an end goal. Things are moving forward. So a lot of us have been members of all kinds of environmental groups. And you can see that sometimes it's like, wow, we're beat a lot, but what's happening? What's going on? But you guys are keeping things moving. So I just really love that about you. And as we close up, I would love you to, we're just going to go around real quick um, and everybody share their favorite thing to do outdoors. All right. So I'm going to start with Ari. I really like kayaking. I love it too. I'll go with you. Tula. I would say camping in the Midwest specifically. Yes. Jordan. Um, I live in Santa Cruz right now, so I would say hiking. Lots of beautiful trees in the area. Oh, the views must be epic. Jacqueline. I love going on walks. I live by the back bay, so I can go on walks and enjoy all the blooms that we're getting in and seeing all the critters out and about. I, the flowers are gorgeous. I'm going to meet you there because I'm near the back bay as well. So, hey, Deep, how about you? Uh, I also like taking walks. A uh, favorite park I've been to, Lacey Park in uh, Pasadena. Very green. Um, and uh, obviously, there's a lot of doggos. But yeah. Well, fantastic. Thank you guys so much for joining us on One World. And please, everybody, go to reformandsustain.org and check them out. All their social media handles are on there. And take the quiz and figure out you know, how you can make a difference and how you can change the world for the better. Thank you again. That's it for now.